Hello, I'm Charlie Zazera and welcome to the Coach's Voice CV Spaces podcast. Each week, usually on a Monday at 5.30, we're joined by two highly qualified coaches live on Twitter Spaces. That's where we dissect one of the most interesting tactical points from the weekend's action, as well as sharing coaching advice and insights with our audience. This week, after key moments from Kevin De Bruyne and Philip Coutinho in the Premier League, we'll be discussing the half spaces and coaching teams and players to use the half spaces effectively. We're delighted to welcome back to CV Spaces, UEFA Pro Licence uh, coach Kevin Nicholson. How are you, Kevin? And how's your weekend been? Yeah, really good. Thanks, Charlie. No, thanks for thanks for inviting me back on. And uh, obviously, hi to everybody that's listening this evening. Thanks for obviously joining the uh, the, the call. And uh, yeah, looking forward to talking about the topic. Um, but yeah, have a nice weekend. Thanks. Yeah, good stuff. And alongside uh, Kevin, um, we're excited to welcome. Uh, the Wimbledon under 18s head coach James Oliver Pierce. How are you, James? Was your, was your weekend okay? Uh, yeah, weekend was good. Uh, we had Morecambe at home in, in the league this weekend, so yeah, a nil nil draw. So not 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 overly glamorous, but uh, clean sheet. Yeah, let's get into the coaching theme uh, where we're going to be talking about the half spaces. So, Kevin, if you want to start us off. For those who may not know, could you explain what the half spaces is? Yeah, so um, I think the best way of describing it for the for the listeners, obviously, is that if you if you think of uh, obviously a football pitch and you divide that pitch into five yeah horizontal zones going across the field, um, which would therefore look like channels. You've got your obviously your two wings, uh, wide channels if you like between the the edge of the eighteen yard box and the touchline. You'd have a, a middle strip, if you like, running down between, yeah, probably the width of the six-yard box uh, between both 18-yard boxes. And then basically the half spaces then are the, the, the two zones either side of the central zone, that middle zone. So they sit between the the wings and, and that middle zone. Um, and obviously, as you said, they're, they're re- they are key spaces nowadays, key tactical spaces that lots of and teams are looking to find ways of exploiting, obviously to to attack in a a more effective way. Yeah, Kevin's done um, some brilliant prep for today's chat and we'll go into some of the notes he's made. I, I first came about this listening to the likes of Pep Guardiola after uh, after games and during interviews, James. But are, are, these the, are the half spaces something that has been around for a while in coaching circles or is this something that's fairly fairly new? Uh, no, I, th- I think this has always been around. The, the pitch hasn't hasn't changed too much over the uh, since football's been around. So, for me, I think I, I first knew it as a as an inside channel uh, that just sort of run down, obviously the length of the pitch. Um, this yeah, it's definitely been around, but I think because of the the tactical changes and the differences in in shapes now, uh, people are looking to to exploit certain areas of the pitch dependent on how the opposition structure is set up. Uh, so there was obviously a, a period where four four two was was a huge craze in in terms of teams shape and formation and to get in between their their defensive structure the half space has become an option where you wasn't really marked by anyone so that if you got into them areas you could you could create or or score or or start to link the play from from these positions which which naturally gives a team an advantage in 
in terms of how they're going to break an opponent down. Nice, interesting. Um, Kevin, we've kind of made this coaching theme um, for this week. I thought one of the examples for Kevin De Bruyne's goal against Chelsea where um, he received it in in the half space. What did you make of uh, Kevin De Bruyne's goal and is he the type of player typically that you see using those half spaces most effectively? Yeah, he's certainly a, a player who, yeah, definitely looks to get into them areas a lot. And obviously Manchester City probably expect him to get in them areas a lot because he's he's very dangerous when he when he's on the ball. Um, going forward, particularly, like you say, the, the goal he scored against Chelsea at the weekend, yeah, he's pretty much picked it up in that area, isn't he? That left half space channel, um, as, as James was explaining there. And he's kind of let the ball, what, you know, run, run across him, you know, run, run uh, through, if you like, and without taking a touch. And then he's took it on. I think the most interesting thing about it, and again, if you look at the games over the weekend, De Bruyne coming, at, coming from the left half space, being right-footed, then being able to drive inside and finish with his right foot. You look at Philippe Coutinho, obviously, for, for Villa when he comes on and he you know picks it up for the, for the Ramsey goal and he... Again, a right-footed player in that left half space, picking the ball up and being able to play into the penalty area, or look inside into the penalty area with their strongest foot, I think is really uh, probably a more interesting point. And and actually, add to that, if you look at Leeds, their winning uh, the winning goal yesterday at West Ham, Rafinha who's playing off the obviously the right, being left-footed, picks the ball up in transition, and with one pass comes inside on his left foot to create a good diagonal passing angle to play across to um, Harrison to obviously get his hat-trick. So, yeah, I think that's quite an interesting point is that these players, they they, they, they pick the ball up in these areas. But also, I think they're, they're positioned deliberately, maybe Coutinho on, on the left and maybe sometimes De Bruyne on the left to be able to come inside, you know, on their right foot, their stronger side, uh, where the game kind of opens up. And staying on uh, De Bruyne, James, but... I've seen a lot of Pep's play and Pep mentioned half spaces, but is he a manager that you 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 look at and think he uses them the most? Is there any other coaches who you think identify and use the half spaces effectively that you can give an example of? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're ever looking at how, how to break down a, a deep block or how to break down an opposition's defensive structure with good patient build-up play, Pep Guardiola is obviously the the one you'd naturally look at. I mean, the the Bayern manager Nagelsmann is is another one. I know he talks quite often about using the high, half space, and there's a there's a lot of content on on YouTube and just on the internet in general about how he uses that effectively. These are definitely these are definitely uh, coaches that that utilise these these areas of the pitch particularly well, and it's it's just interesting how over a period of time this is now. Transpiring into different players and different different positions arriving into these areas, and typically you would imagine your, your Kevin De Bruyne's and your Coutinho's, but some clubs utilise that with, with inverted fullbacks quite often as well. So um, yeah, there's there's different ways to to look at it, and obviously yeah, different managers and different personnel will have different ways of exploiting these areas of the pitch. But yeah, that it it really depends on how how you see your team and how your game model looks. Uh, and how you're able to put that in, into action. Are you a fan of uh, Nagelsmann personally? Is is his kind of football and 
you've said you've mentioned seeing stuff on the internet and his game model is that something you're a fan of yeah i mean he, he's very big on 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 how they counter press and and, and as well as having the, the 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 quality to build up and break opposition down i've i've, I've liked by munich's model for a long time i see a lot of personally a lot of efficiency in everything that they do they're they're very no matter what year they're in they're always very competitive and and they're able to to go toe to toe against frantic but they're also able to to break down a, a team that's sat in a in a lower block um yeah so all of these teams throughout for, with red bull as well they've been they've been really exciting to watch and kevin you mentioned philip coutinho um this weekend, especially his role in the the Ramsey goal, is he like the perfect example of a player who thrives in the half spaces? I mean, what when he signed for Villa, you're watching back all of his goals, and he seemed he loved to get in that space and cut under to his right, and he's got a lovely finish. Um, and is is there any other players who you could recommend for any pl- any players listening in that should be watching and how to use the half spaces effectively? Yeah, I think like you say, Coutinho is a one example. I think there's many different examples. I think. Um... Like you say, uh, the point I raised earlier about you know being a, a right-footed player coming off the left, or the, or or a left-footed player coming off the right, there's there's so many different advantages for that. Like I say, being able to look inside, play inside, even shoot when you come onto your stronger foot, as you say. Um, and you know, you look at again the, the, talking about the Coutinho goal. I think it's also trying to get particular players in these spaces, as you say, these creative type players. Um, you know, Ch- Chelsea do it, don't they? In terms of you know a Tuchel, where they play the kind of three-four-two-one with with two tens, and it might be Mason Mount, or it might be uh, Pulisic, or you know whoever it is. But they're trying to get these creative attacking players that can assist and create and score goals in the, in them areas. And I think just to add to to James's point, bringing up Bayern Munich as well. If you look at the the data at the moment, you know the, the current research suggests that the top teams use half spaces more than let's say the, the average teams. So I think from the difference between being a good team and being a great team is the use of the half spaces, getting players in them areas um, as much as possible. Um, you know, you take Manchester City, uh, you know, the proportion of, of team touches in the Premier League this season, they're the highest. So the 45% of the time they touch the ball in the half spaces with, I think it's Rodri is the highest highest individual player of getting in them areas. So Liverpool are a close second at 44%. And then actually, if you take the lowest ranking teams in the Premier League, it's kind of 10% less. They're using the half spaces 10% less. So Burnley, Newcastle, Everton are in the bottom three for using half spaces. And obviously, obviously they're closer to the bottom of the table at this moment in time. So as you said, Bayern Munich, the top teams, Manchester City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, they all use the half spaces and they're trying to yeah exploit their areas as much as possible and, and Kevin just staying on that and if anyone wants to see that list Kevin's done it on his tweet about the the teams have used the half spaces the, the most but in terms of being a coach and looking at your team is have you got to have the players to use this or is this something that you could be coached getting players into the right position because this is where we know that teams are going to have mo- mo- most joy or do you think you have to have the players to instruct in, you use the system as much as possible because obviously your Man City and Liverpool's probably have those players, whereas the Everton's might not. I think it's a combination of both, Charlie. I think it always will be. I think it'll always be a combination of having good players. I think if you listen to the top coaches 
they all speak about, you know, they take it away from themselves and they always put it on the players to say, no, we have good players and that's what makes the difference. And ultimately that, that is what makes a difference. I think where the coach and the team structure can support these creative players is to, yeah, maybe systematically put them into a, into a shape, an offensive shape, certainly, that allows assigned players to them areas or maybe multiple players that can rotate and, and move into them areas or run make forward runs from them areas. Um, but yeah, I think that's where it's evolved. I think James mentioned at the beginning where it has, it has always been there, but I think typically it's always been, it always was probably wide players coming in off the line and coming in field into them spaces. Whereas now you've got systems such as I mentioned, you know, Chelsea, you know, three, four, two, one playing with two assigned number tens in, to get into them half spaces. Or it might be, yeah, even a, you know, playing with a diamond maybe where, you know, the wide players of the diamond are not, not on the wings there. They're more in field and getting in the half spaces or even, you know, I've, I've had experiences playing, you know, even with like systems such as like you play with a three box three where you, you're two higher players in the box. Again, like two number 10s assigned to get in them areas. So I think it's having good players, but also I think it's it's part systematical as well and, and setting a team up with a, a structure that can provide width, but also that can get them, like you say, then creative players into them areas. James, what experience have you had? Um, I don't know if it's something that you concentrate um, at Wimbledon on, whether that's kind of throughout the club and the first team, but what experience have you got on coaching these half spaces at that level and at that age group? Yeah, I mean, it's become it's become a, a real trendy topic. So it, it's something that you you work on relatively consistently with, within within your preparation. Um, as, as I sort of mentioned earlier, that your, your game model and having some clarity of your understand and understand how you want to access these areas and how you're going to look to exploit the, the opposition structure is, is really key. I think... Just going back on some stuff that, that that Kevin said just then, having the the players to have the the technical and, and tactical competencies to work effectively in these areas are really key. The the awareness of where to arrive, the relationships that are then formed with, particularly your your fullback and your wide player if you're playing a four three three like like Man City do, um, it is really important. And then you've got to to be able to naturally you're receiving in tight areas, you're travelling with the ball. Um, to, to commit players and naturally because you're in these areas of the pitch the, the opposition's defensive line have to narrow off and have to be a little bit more compact because as soon as the ball's there the fullback and the, the centre centre half will become narrower now there's spaces to exploit on, on the outside to to get flash cut crosses in um, overlaps it, it's become it's become far more effective um, if you look at where, where goals are now now created from the, the, the point of the pitch has, has changed in recent years. Um, yeah, so it's, it's something that we certainly work on um, and it, it, it's, it's not just in terms of how you receive in that area, it's also the types of movements that you can use to go beyond the, the attacking line uh, and also beyond the, the opposition's midfield and defensive line um, because quite often you're not really tracked by anyone and for them to track you you have to give off another position which is which is why these teams tend to use it so effectively yeah you made a good point there about kind of defending players in that position and Kevin you mentioned it a bit before um but I wanted to touch on kind of 
formations for any, for any coaches listening out there. But what do you think? What formations are most suited for getting players into into these half spaces? Yeah, again, I think there's multiple different options that that a coach has that that a team has in terms of the way that they structure. Um, I think, as I mentioned to you, I think the the finding a, a system with two number tens. So whether it's that kind of playing three at the bat, four, then the two number tens and the one striker. Whether it's as James mentioned, you know, playing four three three, but you know, with two two attacking midfield players that split, and then you've got your one deep line, and then your front three. You could u- utilize it with a diamond potentially with the wider wider players in the diamond. You could play a three box three, you know, like like teams have done in the past. Um, but I think in terms of coaching it, I think irrelevant of the system, it's about trying to ensure that players uh, have a reference point on the field and they understand the types of areas that you want to get into. And I think that's why, again, you look like you look at training fields nowadays and I'm fortunate to go go into a lot of different clubs or have have been in the last few years where you know a lot of a lot of academies now a lot of first teams obviously set up the training field and mark out the training field deliberately to show these channels to show these zones um so that whatever type of work they're doing whether it's kind of middle to attacking third work or you know repetition work in terms of attacking patterns unopposed uh, players are getting a visual reference point to where they need to be on the field. So I think you can set set teams up in a formation, but ultimately then it's about yeah, the, the relationships, the way that uh, players move within that formation, uh, both offensively and defensively. And as we're talking about here, probably more offensively in terms of getting in them half spaces. Yeah, the level of detail now is brilliant, isn't it? Um, James, if we're talking now about players um for any players that are listening in um what do you think are the key sk- skills for these players that they need to work on to become effective in these half spaces is it the receiving is it the the movement the scanning what what would you say uh, i don't i don't feel that any are particularly exclusive uh, naturally if you don't have the spatial awareness to operate in these areas and that, by that i mean the the, the when when you're te- Starting to look at the when you're starting to look at the ball, when you're starting to look away from the ball, where the the, the level of pressure is coming from, whether that be the fullback, the midfielder, the winger, um, and then obviously then connecting that with where your teammate is, and then how that informs your decision. So that that awareness is obviously key. But then if you don't then have the receiving skills, you can be as aware as you want. If you don't have the receiving skills to then um, look after the ball, then then that that naturally becomes a problem when you. When we're looking at and talking about your Kevin De Bruyne's and your Coutinho, they have a an extremely high skill level in 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 all of these areas. Whether that be a variety of passes, you see Kevin De Bruyne find passes in that area of the pitch that that most people can't even see from from in the stands, let alone whilst it's all going on 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 a football pitch. So, yeah, awareness is naturally key, and then your receiving skills, your your release skills in terms of a variety of passes, and then on top of that, you've got to have the ability to to travel with the ball as well in in these areas because if if you get the opportunity to drive and commit a defender with with one pass, you can you can effectively take him out of the game. Just on the receiving skills, James, because when I look at players like Phil Foden and Mason Mount, it looks so um, it looks so natural to them, and 
the way they received the ball and on the turn within seconds get themselves in those good positions. Can that be, what would you say, what, how would you recommend kind of coaching to improve that? Is some of that natural or is that just kind of repetition on the grass every day to get that those receiving skills as good as they can be? Yeah, I mean, similar to what I was just saying, and the, what we see is the end product on the TV and what we don't see is all of the years of, of different attributes they've been developing throughout their development programme. Now, everyone's development looks different, but in the case of Mason Mount and Phil Foden, they've been academy-level players from, from a relatively young age. So they've been able to build that foundation, and that might be the, the spatial awareness and the, the technical qualities to, in order to operate in that area of the pitch. Um, and then you, you're starting to link that with how can they deal with that under pressure, and that could be in, in a variety of different practices. The pitch size or shape could look different. The constraints on the practice could be could be varied depending on what, what it is you're looking to get out of it. Um, and then naturally that's then lent into to your game model. Now, Mason Mount's role in a 4-2-3-1 under uh, Frank Lampard might look a little bit different to what it is now under Thomas Tuchel in a, in a 3-4-2-1. So how he gets into them areas and the, the types of relationships he has around them might look different. So that that tactical flexibility will now come into it as as he's got older, he'd have looked, had to learn how to adjust to them different situations. Um, yeah, so that that's really key. And I think the one thing that we haven't quite spoken about because this tends to be linked to an in possession topic is how well this lends to to almost counter pressing as well. So you you cover the five channels of the pitch and you've got players within close proximity of the ball. So wherever it's lost, you should have the players around to either press press the ball, the man, or a passing line. So the the opposition's ability to then sustain pressure or get out of a tight situation is is far more difficult if the the speed of the counter press is high. Um, yeah, I think that's 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 quite an important point when you're looking at the half spaces. It's not just to set you up to to be an attacking threat. It also allows you to react quickly on any any defensive transition. Yeah, it's a really important point. We'll talk a bit about out of possession uh, in a bit. But Kevin, I, I just wanted to ask now for any coaching methods or drills for any coaches listening in. Um, so, say they want to get their team using the half spaces effectively. Is there anything that you could recommend for them? Well, I think the, the first two points probably um, would be common sense. So the first one would be um, obviously trying to give the players a reference point with them with them zones. So if we're talking about dividing the pitch into them five horizontal channels zones across the field, then obviously if your pitch isn't isn't uh, marked out uh, in that way already, then obviously using flat markers to mark it out. Um, and then I think it's about, of course, using pitch geography. So I think in the, in this instance, if you want to teach players how to use utilise the half space, half space then you obviously you've got to use the full width of the field uh, I think that there's a lot of uh, need around trying to uh, let's say uh, do some repetition work from that kind of middle to atta attacking third uh, whether that be unopposed and then obviously adding an opponent for, for more of a challenge uh, for the players as you, as you go along uh, but I think lots of repetition work I think working on them kind of attacking patterns combination plays various different movements I think as well, like just um, adding to one of the points James made and one of the points you made about receiving skills, I think also that 
the the ability to run without the ball as well forwards. I think uh, that's one of the 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 advantages of positioning yourself in the half space is also to work on them forward runs in behind. So say the ball's gone out to a wide player on the wings uh, or a fullback, the player in that half space can then make a penetrating run uh, behind, possibly to receive a diagonal pass, but actually then he's actually inside the penalty area rather than out wide and in probably a key assist zone. So uh, where a lot of goals are assisted from. So I think it's, it's a lot of repetition work on receiving in them areas, making runs without the ball from them areas uh, to penetrate. Um, and also, I think, then trying to be creative. So trying to create, you know, transition games where maybe you've got, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously two-directional way. Maybe you've got some kind of five versus five set up in that central zone where maybe you can say, right, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a point if you can score centrally. Um and then obviously having the two channels either side marked out where maybe you can start with even a two view, two versus one situation. So two attackers against one defender where they can work on not being in the same, not being on the same line, if you like. So not being in the same zone, um, but trying to create a yeah two, two versus one advantage to, to penetrate through the half spaces or down the wings. Uh, maybe it's two points if you do that once you enter, enter the penalty area if you score a goal. So... It's trying to create the, this kind of this challenge, rewarding uh, effective play in the half spaces, but also not neglecting uh, the importance of also the repetition work, the attacking patterns, the the movement, the combinations, the relationship work, as as have already been mentioned before, uh, and also as James mentioned rightly as well, you know, also setting up practices that also include the four phases of the game. So rather than just you know working on an attack. Uh, and then letting it go once the defending team win it, I think it's important also to let it run to allow to work on the counter-press. So you've got that transitional element within the session as well. Um, so always trying to incorporate the four phases, I think, into any type of attacking practice as much as what you can as well. Some really good stuff there, like the 5v5 and the uh, the points the point system. James, before we talk a bit about out of, out of possession, was there anything you'd add to that in terms of advice for coaches listening for helping their team improve how they use the half spaces? No, not, not specifically. And I, I, obviously, everybody's context is, is different and, and everybody's, whether that be the level of the players, the space they've got available. My biggest advice would be, it, it, where possible, can you take a snapshot of an area of the game, whether that be coming from central areas, like, similar to what um, Kevin's just said in terms of a 5v5 centrally, is it in, in the wide area where you want to build that relationship and where possible have them working towards a specific target so it might be a 3v1 in a wide area that's working towards releasing a run to get a crossing and, and then how that looks for the players that have helped build the, the crossing situation and then uh, and then can they finish finish the attack as well so taking a snapshot from, from your game the, the relationships that you're trying to form looking at the how are we going to build these relationships and how are we going to give these players clarity? Because ultimately, that's what it boils down to. The players need clarity of exactly what you you need from them on a game day to ensure that they can go out and perform the, part, the task to the best of their ability. Um, and then then you, you, you look at what the outcomes were after and, and, and do we need to tweak anything? What was the different challenges that they faced? Um, if they were giving the ball away when receiving, there was it because of 
an awareness issue? Was it a technical fault? Was it uh, the the support around him? Was it the detail that went into them? Just just having an understanding of of all of all of them areas will help inform your, your practice design, your your constraints, your, your your area of the pitch that you're choosing to work on. Yeah, that 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 would be that would be the key for me. But otherwise, I completely agree with him. Good stuff. And James, you mentioned earlier the importance of the out out of possession stuff. Um, one thing I see, and when you see the players playing like more of a false nine, which is seen as more popular, it's those centre halves knowing where to defend, how far to come out. Um, I don't know if, if there's any advice you'd give on how to defend when the players are in the half space. And I know you mentioned counter pressing um, earlier, but yeah, what would you what would you recommend for defending? For defending it, I think that, that your your ability to be able to screen and intercept becomes becomes really important because if you if you've got an awareness and an understanding of where that where that player is occupied, if you can stop the supply into him uh, by intercepting, which would be more of a clean win rather than a a fifty fifty, it allows you to travel up the pitch with players advance of advance of the ball. Um, so naturally, you can then transition more effectively. Um, then it then it depends on I suppose the, the stage of the game that you're at. You might be in a in a in a lower block. It might be that you're 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 one nil up and you're going into the last five minutes and you need to try to ensure that we are really compact around that area of the pitch and you create your two v ones and you give away the wide areas. Um, and then I know I keep I keep saying a similar thing, but understanding what sort of team you want. Um, if you were you're a team that have uh, really strong centre-backs and you're very good at defending against crosses, then you might really narrow up to give away the wide area. Um, if you're a pressing team, you might you might look at how how you get your angle of approach and your cover right to, in, in order to, to, to stop the supply into them areas. But naturally, you have to it, uh, understand that at some point, teams will win a game of football with all of the, the randomness that a game brings. We'll find find passes into their areas and it's about how you delay and, and deny the, the, the options that they do have. So if you look at the Kevin De Bruyne goal against Chelsea on the weekend, that come from a ball that's dropped down, a little setback, and then they play through. Kevin De Bruyne rides a really good tackle from probably one of the best um, central midfielders in the world in Kante. And then, yeah, then they are... Then they're obviously broken that that midfield line, and he's driving at your defence, and, and and then what happens happens. So, yeah, it's I know I've gone on a little bit there, but there are there are several variables in them situations. So, Charlie, I'll just add to that. So I think because I think the question you ask is a is a really interesting one because when people think of half spaces, people as we're discussing mostly tonight, it's about well, how do you exploit them spaces, and and we're talking about mostly how do you attack. As you said there, you know, how, how do coaches defend? And I think I just wrote something down here and it's from the past. And sometimes, you know, you can still learn and I suppose sometimes replicate things that have been done exceptionally well in the past. And I think back to, I don't know if the listeners can remember this game, but it was the Champions League final, Mourinho into Milan versus Bayern Munich at the Bernabeu. And it was an absolute defensive masterclass. And the whole the whole plan for that night was clear, was that Bayern Munich had Robin playing off the right-hand side. I don't know if people remember. And he was Bayern's main player, really. And if they could neutralise Robin, 
chance of winning the game and obviously they won the game. And I always remember they played with three in midfield and they played with Cambiasso on the left of the two. They played with Zanetti on the right of the two and they played with Schneider. Wesley Schneider was the 10th. And if you look at a lot of teams nowadays, they play with two, a lot of teams now more, more so now play with them two holding midfield players, defensive midfield players, central midfield players, whatever you want to call them, controlling midfield players. And some just play with the number 10. But what Mourinho did that night, and it was continuous, and he obviously worked on it in preparation for that game, was if 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 Zanetti or, say, Cambiasso came out from the left to block the pass line into Iron Robin coming in off the right for Bayern Munich, uh, Zanetti would just slide across and be more of that deep liar to block the central area. And Schneider would always drop in on the other side. So I know it's, I'd imagine a lot of people have done this before, but it's also an effective way of preventing people receiving in the half space on the opposite side. Because what coaches try to do when they're attacking is we would say, well, actually we can get people in the half space on the switch of play. But actually what that did that night was that, pre- that prevented people switching play. So actually Schneider drops against the ball, against the flow of the ball from that number 10 position into a position that would protect the half space on the opposite side. So I just think that's a a way of, an effective way of defending it with a, going from a two and a one to kind of a midfield dish shape that can, that can come out to press, but also cover the space on the opposite side. No, it's a really good example. And it's funny you mentioned Mourinho and I've just put a link up to when he... Uh, to our masterclass with him when he talks about being Pep Guardiola's Barcelona. Uh, and he talks about how he defends against Messi and creating a jail with four of those players that you mentioned. So um, that's obviously one of Mourinho's uh, key strengths that he's been successful with previously. So, um, okay, brilliant stuff on the half spaces. Um, let me just get the first um, question up from Sam T. Uh, my question is, um, in terms of the half spaces in the wide areas, um, in the attacking phase of the game, right? If you have your interior um, occupying the house space and you have your winger, obviously, on the outside of him and your full back is overlapping the winger, then what, what is the winger's role in, in that situation? Being that whether the winger has the ball or the, um, the interior in the house space has the ball. Naturally, Sam, that, that depends on, on what the situation in the game looks like, where the, the opposition defenders are. Um, yeah, it's, it's very hard to say that his, his role could be to go and commit the fullback and make sure that he's, he's given maximum width. It could be that as he releases the, the overlapping fullback's run to, to come back inside the pitch. Um, it really depends on, on the context of, of the game and, and where, where all the pieces are. Are connecting together, so yeah. Sorry, that can't be more help. Maybe Kevin can give you a little bit more, but um, yeah, it, it for me it depends on the context of the game will dictate his next action. One of the things that I would add to obviously what James has said there as well is that um, I think sometimes you probably don't want all three play three players involved because of course if you have all three players involved, then you're going to attract an extra defender potentially into that situation. So I think it's always trying to say if you've got a winger that's that's playing in that wide area is is sometimes playing the ball out and leaving them one against one so potentially not not going to overlap as a fullback um and instead leave them to attack one versus one especially if that you know it it fits with that player's strengths potentially as well um so you're maximizing that that winger's strengths the ability to beat someone one against one um also i think 
you know, if the fullback goes in the overlap, you're also blocking potentially the space for the player in the half space to make that penetrating run in behind to receive the ball off the wide player. And then, yeah, just adding to what James said in terms of just saying, yeah, it, it also depends on the context, you know, where, where exactly on the pitch it is, how much space there is in behind, um, how much space there is on the inside. Um, so, yeah, but I'd say sometimes as well, you know, to, to, to not all get involved um, and maybe, yeah, it only takes, needs two players to, to work a way of getting in behind. That's it for this week's episode. But if you are a coach yourself, you may be interested in our very own coach education platform, CV Academy. Aimed at coaches at all levels of the game, it helps them develop through premium coach-focused content delivered by a growing network of elite academy and grassroots coaches. You'll find loads of great content on there, including our latest coaching course with Southampton lead foundation phase coach, Lee Smith. He takes a group of players through a series of practices designed to develop their ability to play through midfield. We're also giving listeners to CV Spaces or the podcast 50% off the first month when you sign up to CV Academy. All you need to do is use discount code CVSPACES when you reach the checkout point. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast and we'll be back next week with more top-level coaches analysing the biggest talking points in the elite game and sharing their best coaching practices, advice and insights. If you want to join next week's CV Spaces Live, then drop us a follow on Twitter at Coach's Voice. A big thank you to our guest speakers, Kevin and James, and thanks to everyone who listened in.